Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Tuesday, everybody. I don't normally pre-record shows, but I will always make an exception when it comes to director Mary Katsky of Affinity Films. Our show today is about her film About Face, which profiles Gwen Bradshaw, and I'm not going to get into the details now because you'll be hearing all about it, but what touches me even more than the film, which I adore and is extremely inspirational, is how life fate, divine intervention, whatever you wish to call it. It's how Mary and Gwen met and became a part of each other's lives. It's a story about how love builds, what betrayal destroys. It's how forgiveness heals, what rage has wounded. It's about reaching outside our comfort zones and learning to be the cause of our own happiness. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and I hope you enjoy the program. Hi, everybody. This is Kathy Barrett, and welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of life. And life is something we shouldn't do alone. So I hope you'll spend the next 30 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain this week. I am a huge fan of documentary filmmaking, and my special guest today is Mary Katsky. Mary is the founder and director of Affinity Films, and she has produced over 30 films and uh, also mentors women pursuing film careers. Mary graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a degree in radio, television, and film, and uh, New York University's graduate um, Tisch School of the Arts with an MFA in writing, directing, film, and television. Our second guest today is Gwendolyn Bradshaw, and Gwendolyn Bradshaw's life is the subject of About Face, which is the new film by Mary Katsky. Gwen was thrown into an Alaskan campfire at nine months of age by her mentally distraught mother. Gwen was given a 50-50 chance at the time to live and sustained third-degree burns over her back, legs, arms, face, head. She lost fingers and ear and half of her scalp. She is a gifted musician, currently pursuing a degree in music education, and her original music can be heard on the soundtrack to About Face. The film is Gwen's story of redemption and her journey toward healing her physical and emotional wounds. Mary, Gwen, it's so great to have you um, on the show today. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I, you know, I know the film has been out for a while now, and uh, I saw a um, a preview of it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it is really a very, very powerful and beautiful documentary film, and I feel that it is going to help a lot of people out there. And Gwen, I applaud your courage uh, in sharing your story. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so let's. Mary, how did you first meet Gwen? Let's start there first. <clears throat> I first met Gwen when she lived across the, uh, well, she lived next door to me in Anchorage, Alaska, back in the 80s. 
Right, Gwen? Yeah. And how old <laughs> how old were you then, Gwen? Three years old. Wow. Nineteen eighty three, eighty two. Yep. So she was this sweet little girl that the neighborhood kids were picking on. They were calling her name like uh picky fingers and roast beef. Mm. And I went out there and chased them off and uh, saw this sweet little toe-headed girl, big blue eyes, scared, didn't talk. Um, And she just started hanging around me without talking for the first year or so, just watching watching me work in the garden. And I had a dog. I had a lamb, believe it or not. And uh, slowly... um, I went to the library one time and checked out her story because I wondered what had happened to her because she did have severe scarring. And I found the articles about her mother throwing her in the fire, and it was just, you know, astounding to me. But but her father, you know, eventually trusted me enough to take her and and do things with her, kind of like a, a big sister slash mother figure. So that went on for 21 years until until she had her own emotional crisis. That's really something. So you you guys became family in a sense. I I would yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we are. And <laughs> and Gwen, you were so young when you first met Mary. So what was your impression of her at that young age? Um, I think I I just. I I just was drew into her. I I think I was missing something in my life, um, being you know a single dad, and you know you know he gave me all the love he could give me, but I she gave me that tenderness that mm-hmm. I just was so drawn to. The girly stuff. <laughs> the girly stuff, yeah, you know. So. Got it. Yeah, we do need that girly stuff, don't we, ladies? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Gwen, what was your understanding of what happened to you when you were when you were small? Um, well, the, under, the understanding I had yeah. before I investigated it, yes, um, was that I was thrown into a fire because uh, my mother had a schizophrenic episode, and it was a campfire. And my dad, he saved me. He took me out of the fire and drove me um, from Peters Creek to. Anchorage, which is like a half an hour mm-hmm. ride um, to Providence, dropped me off in an emergency room, and that's where I spent my time recovering in, in surgery for the next four years off and on. And then um, as you began to, to go to school and you, you say the kids, I, I can totally totally relate to that too because I had, um, I mean, it's a different situation, but I grew up with uh, epilepsy. So, you know, I would have seizures in school and nobody wanted to play with me either. It doesn't get you invited, you know, on the A party list when you have epilepsy as a young, <laughs> you know. So I can totally relate to that. And it's 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 a place of really isolation and, you know, you kind of develop this feeling of not being enough. And so were you going to therapy as a young child? What kind of support? Uh, I know you had Mary, but what other, were there other support systems that, that were there for you, or how did you handle it growing up? Um, I I think it was not so much the I didn't get any therapy or anything or 
um, you know, I didn't really talk about it. But I had a, I was I was a very artistic person. I was really into poetry, uh, playing music on my violin, um, and I, I'm just a really artistic person. So if there was anything like, I just felt angry about and hopeless about, I just I would pick up a pen or pick up my violin, and that really consoled me right. a lot. So I mean, it made me feel like, yeah, I can do this. I'm special, you know. I'm I'm different, and it's in a good way. I don't have to focus on the the negative aspects of myself. That's that wonderful. Yeah, I can. See, I mean, it's it's really the perfect way to handle it, isn't it? For us to take those emotions and then create something positive with it is such a great way to go. So at a certain point, though, did you you know you started feeling angry and yeah. Rage was building, and that happened what in your teenage years, or? Um, I, I think I was still holding on. It was it was in my twenties when I started experimenting with drugs, mm-hmm. and that that was that's what got me um, realizing I I wasn't focusing on the positive parts of me anymore once I started doing drugs. Um, but yeah, my teenage years I held on. It was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, once I got in my twenties, that's when it kind of went downhill. And so, for a while, you were institutionalized. Yeah. And Mary, where were you? You were still in each other's lives at this point when that happened. Well, she'd gone off to college. I'd helped her uh, research getting a scholarship, and she got a, a full ride to college. Wow, that's impressive, Gwen. In was that music? Yes. Well, it was. Yeah. Originally it was nursing, but I changed degrees. That's right. Her dad wanted her to be a nurse. Um, So we, and and then she started getting into the stuff kids get into the first year they're out of the house if they've been held back an awful lot. And I didn't like it, and I think I pulled away for a while. Mm -hmm. So we were not, and I was also going to graduate school in New York, so... I was physically away, but um, she called me when when she crashed and said, if I remember this right, something to the effect of I, I, the person who checked me in knew my name and that scared me because it was the same person who checked in my mother wow. 24 years ago. And she wanted, to, she wanted to take control of her life and go in a different direction, and she was going to allow me to film that. That's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, for you to come, Gwen, to that conclusion, it's it's kind of like a pretty profound awakening um, to hit bottom and then, you know, come to the point that you did, that you, not only did you want to kind of resolve things, but to be filmed resolving it is a very courageous act. Thanks. I, I didn't really, uh, I think I just wanted to look back and never forget where I was. Too. I mean, I was like, "Could you like tape this or take a picture of me yeah. while I'm at my lowest point?" Backslide because here's a record. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a reminder. Well, I know as I watched the film, um, I felt like I was taking the journey with you both. There is such a raw honesty about it, and the connection that you two have. You know, the history and the 
the chemistry that happened naturally before the film ever came into existence really separates um, the film for me from anything else I've ever seen. And um, I totally connected Gwen to the self-sabotage element, um, you know, that you were going through, as, as I think many people will, because, you know, we, we all have blind spots, but our opportunity to see, you know, those blind spots is through the reflection of other people's behavior. So, you know, that's what really struck me about watching the film. You know, you were so honest um, about who you were and what you were going through and really what you've delivered to the world is this wonderful piece that gives us the opportunity uh, to recognize pieces of ourselves in in you. And um, so I, you know, I just have to applaud you both. It was really very beautifully done. And I don't know if, if you two didn't have that relationship, if it would have been such an intimate film to watch. That's, that's, that's for sure. I was thinking about that a lot, too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's really great. So uh, what was your plan when you went on this journey? How did you come to how you were going to go and search for your mom? Uh, I think at first she was more interested in learning about burn survivorship and went off to a burn conference and, you know, found some valuable connections there, but also felt that it made it more clear to her that she, her real answers needed to come from finding her mom. And so that, I mean, there were a few fits and starts on the way to getting to that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of uh, you know backsliding and a couple steps forward, a couple more steps backward. Like I needed something, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> kind of like, let's just keep trying. And, you know, like ah, uh, I always wanted to find out was you know be around other burn survivors, and um, I always wanted to know if I had a sister out there, and then yeah, like it all fed into the the final answer really. They, they were all questions I had. And and being with the other burn survivors, firstly, how did that shift your your life or your perspective on your situation? I I think I just like was overly super insecure about my scars, mm-hmm. and I was like consumed by it all the time, and it was like going there helped me, you know, accept them. Because yeah. they didn't think, you know, like it's not that, not that bad to look at. It's not, you know, as bad as I thought I was. And she saw people, you know, worse off than her too. Oh, that like too. couldn't walk. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're just hanging out and part, not partying, but like you know, like wearing tank tops and I could do that. Great. So it, it so it made you more comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but you searched. How long was the search to actually find your mom? Did it, it took like two and a half years? It took four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. From the very start, um, we we'd been like kind of researching where she is, but it took ultimately four years to get an answer. And then what really was amazing is that you know there was that four-hour window of time uh, between when your mother was being released from a mental hospital and climbing on you know onto a bus for 
wherever, parts unknown, and you find her. I mean, it was such a miracle that 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 happened. You get to spend some time with her. So what was that like for you, that experience? Um, I felt I felt kind of like a hawk <laughs> flying around the bus transit station, just like I and everybody. And I I was really blown away by the help from the community to keep an eye out for this woman and um, the bus transit person, like the the person who sells the tickets. And I was like, you know, if you find her, I'll be right over there. You know, just yell at me. And, you know, I, I was really appreciative of the community support, some people that didn't even know me, and I'm from Alaska. And um, just let me walk around like a hawk and look like a little bit of a crazy person walking around. But uh, when I finally... And when I finally, you know, I just saw her, it was like, all the descriptions were there from the back. I couldn't tell if it was her from the front, but I just knew it was her. And I I felt like I had to sneak up behind her. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to startle her. And I didn't want her to run. So I kind of had to sneak up behind her really slowly and get her in her blind spot, like you were talking about earlier, and just kind of, boop, come around the corner and say, are you Mary? And... That was like, she didn't believe me at first. And she's like, oh, I'm going to have to see some ID. And I was like, uh, well, I'll show her my hand. And mm-hmm. it, it was like, I mean, she could tell she wanted to run. And so I, um, luckily, Mary and the camera woman were right behind me. And they kind of kept an eye on her so I could run back and get my ID and came back. And we hugged and, and said we love each other. And, yeah. <laughs> It was intense. It was, it really, really felt like there was divine intervention there. I mean, imagine we are just, we're working with an, a detective we've never met through, a, met her through a personals ad in the newspaper who sees that Mary has cashed her latest social security check in a small town in Vermont. We take a wild chance of heading out there around payday and <clears throat> You know, I, I invested so much money in buying four round-trip plane tickets, mm. and we go there, and and we the address we have is wrong. No one ever lived at this address by that name, and but and everybody was exhausted. We had flown all night. I wanted to go home and go to bed, and I just there was a gut feeling of let's just keep on this a little bit longer. Yeah, you guys wanted to go take a nap. We were jet lagged. We were, we were, you know, we're a little older than Gwen. You know? And I was like, no, no, <laughs> we're gonna keep going, keep going, keep going. And I've never like, I've never pulled on you guys before. I was always the one that wanted to sleep in. <laughs> but you yeah. just had that feeling. You just knew that feeling. Wow. And Mary, your emotions. I mean, it not only must have been challenging making the film, but your emotions were still wrapped up in this moment, almost as much as Gwen's, in a way. Well, absolutely. I mean, I first of all, I had taken a huge chance. Second of all, I had no idea what was going to happen if we did find her. I didn't know if she'd be psychotic or dangerous or what would happen to Gwen. Uh, you know, if it would be such a letdown, she'd have another crash. Um and also, you know, just film-wise, if we had invested our last 
fumes of dollars into getting there and nothing happened, we'd be derailed for another who knows how long. So it was a huge chance, but I must say, I personally, I believe in prayer. I prayed. I lit candles and prayed over this before we left, and um, I really believe that it was hard won, and it was deserved, and it was delivered. Absolutely. And, and Gwen, are you still in touch with your mom, or what's happening there? Um, I, I just kind of... We kind of met, and we spent 24 hours together, and we separated, but um, I, I realized those 24 hours, she was, all these rumors I hear about her having schizophrenia, and actually, it got proven. Yeah. And it, it was pretty progressed, and I, w- I some, oh, flag, I can't, I can't just put my finger on it, but a flag in my brain said, uh, until she's medicated, she'll be safe to be around. Right. And I, I felt like she, she tried once, and what would stop her from trying again? And I would, I'd rather wait until she got back on her medication and or was stable in some kind of this, like facility or, or, you know, transitional living facility, anything like just a stable place to live, and taking care of herself. And but she was too, she was a little too. Sick for me to help her because I was sick myself, mm. and I I felt like I I'm just uh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> I wish I was in a better position to help her. But well, I mean, you know, you you ha- you're helping yourself right now, and I think it's extraordinary that you took this journey and wanted to meet her and be with her, and you know, really, your basic goal was to forgive her. Um, do you feel that you accomplished that once you met her? Were you able to step into forgiveness and let it go? For sure. That's amazing. It, it was like all the like uh, ups and downs in my life seemed a lot more um, clear to me. Yeah. And like there's an explanation for it. And yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was still bumpy and hard after. It might have even gotten a little worse, but at least I, I was aware of it. And I know, like, what, you know, a little more what life's about. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when my first reaction, um, you know, the scene where you're you're together and uh, you're, you know, kind of showing your mom your your scars and your wounds... And my first reaction was to be really, I was, I was like, found myself getting angry. And then, I'll tell you, though, I began to look at it differently after this show that I mentioned to you that I did uh, yesterday uh, with the Holocaust survivor. Uh, because what I, what I, I started looking at it differently because really keeping one's emotions in, you know, check like that is, is a survival mechanism. And your mom has survived all these years with all the, the obstacles she had to deal with, you know, with mental illness because of her choice to do so. And, and then when you look at the power of choice, which we all have, um, it's, it could be a wonderful skill to have to be able to look at devastating challenges and obstacles and heartbreaks when they occur, you know, having an inner knowing that we can we can choose for it not to derail, derail us from living our dreams. You know, it's just flipping the switch the other way, and um, it's all in the way that we view things. So, so the anger kind of, you know, in thinking about the show today and preparing for it, 
really shifted for me in in understanding survival and and you know what we do as human beings sometimes you know to survive certain things. So tell me about your your music and your songwriting and and what's happening with that. Um, well, right now I'm in the master's program for uh, teaching uh, teaching music um, at UAA and. I kind of put the guitar playing on hold for a little bit <laughs> while I get through this program. It's pretty intense, and eventually when I get out, um, I'll have a master's in education for teaching uh, music education. Um, but, yeah, I, li- I like to get back into my guitar playing and start writing songs again. That's where I, I don't know, that's where I find my my artistic <laughs> venue but um you know life is going really well right now and so i've used music to channel that anger energy but i'm kind of a little lost right now (laughs) because it's going so well my life is going really well and i'm just been focusing on school right now well that's fantastic that your life is going so i mean this is great so all of this hard work has has paid off and you know mary you must be so incredibly proud of her Absolutely. I mean, I I would like to make a request, actually, that I would, I'm really fascinated, and as I mentioned to you, I love the film, but what I think is so amazing is the relationship that you guys have and have that developed. So can you do another documentary about that? (laughs) Well, you know, it's really hard to know when to stop filming, and I don't know who, I think one of Gwen's friends or something said, you know, it's enough. Put that camera away, just let her live. I'm, I'm trying uh. to think of what that was or what that happened. Because it was like, oh, you know, oh, my goodness, she just gave an outstanding concert. I, that should be in the film, you know, and then... Right, oh, right. God, you know, she's got a boyfriend. That should be in the film. You know, it's like, uh, no, you just... I think the journey was... Um, I think the journey is well captured, and I think the rest is kind of like life, you know? Yeah. Well, let's tell folks that they can go to, um, what they can purchase the film at uh, affinityfilms.org, and they can. They can also read in depth about it at aboutfacefilm.org. Okay. And um, and where can they purchase the film in both places, or what do you suggest? I think they can only purchase it off the Affinity Films website, but there's okay. a link on the About Face one. And there's, you know, there's different rates depending on the usage. If it's for a library or an institution or personal use, if you want a discussion guide or not, that all those things go into it. But you can see that on the website. And can people view it, you know, online? They can view a trailer for it on the front page of the website. Okay, and um, that would be great to film it. Are you? heading towards that with your films or, you know, where we can download them and view them like on Netflix? Because tell me how the filmmaker makes any money in that equation. Oh, well, people would still pay to see the film. Oh, I see that you could pay to download it. Yeah, you pay to download it. Saves you shipping. It's like kind of what Netflix does. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, see, I that's the problem is that they'll pay you a flat rate yeah. For unlimited downloads. It's it's a very difficult time right now for independent filmmakers. Ah, I gotcha. And what's next for you, Mary? What's what's happening? 
I am hoping to do more writing, and I'm hoping to develop a television series set in Alaska that will take advantage of the new tax incentives program. That's exciting. And what a backdrop, beautiful backdrop to have uh, a show. But we also have an unlimited supply of stories and characters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I I am very impressed with always the work that you do. And, And Gwen, I'm so thrilled to hear that you know your your struggles from your early childhood have have pretty much you've done such a spectacular job in turning your life around and you know making your dreams come true and to be graduating shortly uh with the music degree and continuing your art and uh and you know be having the courage to stand in forgiveness all of those things I mean you're really an amazing example for people to follow and uh, i i I'm very impressed with you, and I hope you will come back and just do a show about your music because I love your voice, I love your writing, and uh, I think um, you know p- other people would be interested in hearing you as well. Oh, thank you very much. I, I will uh, definitely. I want to email you soon. <laughs> Good. So, anything else you guys want to share about uh, about face or before we leave? We're we're just about a minute out, a little over a minute out. Well, I, I guess I'll make a little pitch for using the film because there's so many ways it can be powerful. Uh, for one thing, in postpartum support groups. Uh, for another, in uh, substance abuse recovery. To see somebody do this right in front of your eyes is huge. And then uh, the old uh, family dynamic struggle. Everyone has something they're dealing with, and to watch someone else work it out, how powerful and healing that can be, is an example for everyone. So, and we have the burn survivor. That's great. So, shortage to uh, all the ways that the film can be used, and it does have a that um, has experts writing about how to use the film with your particular interests that might be related to the story. That's fantastic. That's really um, wonderful to hear, and it's educational, and I can see where so many people will benefit from it. And uh, again, uh, it's you can go to find out more information about the film. It's aboutfacefilm.com. Mary Katsky, you can uh, look at what's available in terms of her film library by going to affinityfilms.org. Mary, it's always an honor to have you on the show. And Gwen, I invite you to come back anytime. Let us know how you're doing and what you're doing. And I would love for you to, you know, come on the program, as I said, for you to talk about the music. And thank you both for bringing your wisdom and light to my program and much, much success with you and all of your future projects. Well, thank you, Kathy, for doing what you do. Thank you. And I just want to say next week we have a wonderful show on conflict resolution for you. And I thank you for taking this journey with me. It means so much to me that you tune in every week and find value in the programs we offer. This is Kathy Barrett sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. 